Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, I, I ask you, Lord, I am but a child. I do not know whether to go or come in. Father, your word is so mighty and so pure and so clean and so right, and so just, and so merciful. Yet we open it and we try to make sense of it out of our feeble minds and our, our carnal thoughts. But Father, I pray that you put me behind the cross today, Lord, and that your word would come forth as you wanted it to be, not as I would see it. That these uh, folks in this congregation, Father, would understand and discern what your words are today. Lord, it's something I've read and pondered, and, and then when I thought about my good friend here, Lord, that will be mentioned, uh, God, I, uh, I just uh, thank you. Then I even thank you for the word, but thank you for the brothers and sisters in Christ that just are a blessing to us each and every day. So guide and direct, get what you want out of this message, Father. And in spite of me, Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would make sense of this. And Father, show up and do a great work for your people and to glorify our Savior, which is in heaven. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> One thing I am going to start with saying is this, is if you are in my life, you might be part of a message, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's just how I tick. And um, so you might not want to hang around with me. <laughs> that's probably a good thing. But I'm going to talk about an individual today that's in the audience. And I won't say his last name, but I'll sure say his first name. And that's how I got this message. And so I got a little introduction here. And so bear with me if you would. I have this friend named Tony. Now he just looked up. <laughs> what about me? And this man, I've had fifth wheels and campers for a long time. And even if you buy a brand new one, they're still a piece of junk. No doubt about it. And uh, I don't care what kind they are. And he's came over and fixed all these things. One time he came out to the desert two hours away and they wired my electrical wrong. And he brought the transformer and wired it all and got in there and was incredible. And he can fix just about anything on a camper or anything general. And... Uh, He's just fixed all kinds of problems for me. And when I get ready to go camp, and I'm not kidding you, I have three generators plus a built-in generator. My wife has so much food because if our kids come out, they all come out hungry. We have a month or two supply of food. I have a total arsenal of weapons. Uh, I'm not kidding. I, I put lights all around my camper, solar lights, so people, when they drive up, they go, weirdo. <laughs> and they just keep going because we camp in the middle of nowhere. And I'm not kidding you. We have a camper and a trailer, toys, campers, everything. And it almost looks like the Beverly Hillbillies on steroids, almost. <laughs> and I'm getting ready, and my wife spent a half our inheritance to go, for food to go in. And I don't even go with her anymore because we fight about it. The cart's full. We need three more carts. I go, we're just going camping. But God knows those grandkids and sons and daughters come out and, and, think, and they just pow down that food. And it's a good thing. But you can imagine all the hype and the momentum and the money and the getting off work and getting ready to go, the camper, the trailer, the uh, 16 tires, I do the pressure. I'm such a weirdo, I've checked all the pressures and the spares and just ready to go. Well, I got ready to go one time and I plugged in, checked, I checked the fittings a thousand times. And I got ready, and my lights didn't work in my brand-new camper. And I thought, 
yeah, that's just the devil, and I'm well into this world of persecution, and why me, Lord, and he just hates me, and blah. And so I thought, well, I'm going to call my friend Tony, because he knows everything that he picked up. <laughs> and I called my friend Tony, and he goes, I told him the problem. He could feel the frustration in my voice, and just the anticipation of, I can't believe this is happening to me. And, and here's what he said. You need to get out of your truck and jiggle the handle, jiggle the connection. And I thought, I was talking to him, I go, what kind of a moron does he think I am? <laughs> and so I said, no, Kendall, just do it. A lot of times that's all there is. And so I got off the phone and I checked my manhood. <laughs> he wants me to go out and jiggle the hand, the, the connection. Jiggle the connection. Are, are you serious? I've checked it ten times. So I thought, you know, I need to do this. I know he thinks he, maybe he's trying to blow me off or something. I don't know. Maybe he's having a bad day. So I went out there, and I jiggled the connection. Lo and behold, the lights work. <laughs> I lacked understanding about something. I needed to humble myself Someone who knew more about the subject than I did, which was Tony. You can get frustrated, upset, bewildered, but you need to get back to the author of wisdom and understanding. I wanted to mess this message today. I wanted to do it's called unplugged, but I wanted to say, how about jiggling your connection? Because I was desperate, and I said. I had to trust someone, and I had to take his advice. Instead of making a big deal out of it, calling, you know, getting people over and wiring and testing, I had to call someone that knew something about the situation more than I did. So I jiggled the connection, thinking it would never work. And to my surprise, it worked. Even the truck computer, as smart as the truck computer is, said everything's ready to go. But I had to trust the wisdom of my friend. And that's how I got this message. Turn your Bibles to 1 Kings 3, please. 1 Kings 3, 5. And in Gibeon, the Lord appeared in Solomon, 1 Kings 3, 5. In a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. Solomon said, Thou hast shown unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy. According to as he walked before thee in truth in righteousness and uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him a great kindness. Thou hast given him the son to sit on his throne as this day. Verse 7. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made a servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a child. The first thing we need to see in this, and we'll go through a lot of this stuff. We'll try to, I need to get through this. I have too much. But I am a child. Whether you're 90 or 50 or 30, you're a child. Your attention spans is one of my ne uh, grandsons, Ridge. We just went on a vacation, and he just goes everywhere. He's in the airport. He's running. He, they're runners, and he's running, and, you know, just there he's going running. And the, we had a photographer come take pictures of us on the beach, and he's photobombing everybody's certificate. <laughs> he's just moving all over the place. 
But that's sort of how we are because we're children to a God that has no age. And we're a child. We need to sometimes be careful we're not too grown up. And think that through because sometimes people act just a little too old for their age. Because, see, we have a heavenly father. I really did, I had two part-time dads. I really didn't have a father, but I have a heavenly father. And, and he sees me when I'm happy and I'm sad. And the thing is, we've got to be careful that we don't just get too old and grumpy. And I understand why old people get grumpy. Things hurt. Your family busts all your stuff. <laughs> they ask you to do things they wouldn't ask anybody else to do. They use your stuff. But the thing is, sometimes we need to be sure that we're not... We don't, everybody says, act your age. Sometimes when it comes to God, I don't think so. He's my father. He knows me. It also says, I know not how to go or come in. As a child, it's easy for children to be disconnected. The eyes and the heart are on wrong things. and You might have everything. You might have a wife, a house, a car, a Sunday school class. And everything's running mechanically and everything's hooked up. You might be that person. And, and absolutely, there's nothing wrong with that person. But sometimes we get going in a mechanical force and we just, that's where we stay. Mechanically, mechanically, mechanically. And that takes all personality and all youthness away. Sometimes you just need to jiggle the connection on your basis of your personal uh, walk with God. It says, I know, uh, the word is a lamp to thy feet and a light to my path. The next time you pray, what should you say? Be careful when you read the Bible mechanically. There's nothing wrong with reading the Bible just to read it. I get it. But what's God saying to you today in that Bible? And there's nothing wrong with reading the Bible just because... But what is he saying to you, and what are you saying to him in prayer? Because if the word was made flesh among you, and it's Jesus Christ, there's sometimes there's some stories that you just need to read and think upon and, and base it on your life. And as this here we'll see, as Solomon, some of the things he asked the Lord, it's just, I ask myself, Lord, why don't I do that? Oh, and we go to prayer, oh, I got a problem over there, I got a problem over there, a person's dying over there, a person's got cancer over there. Nothing wrong with those prayer requests. And be careful that you don't, I said this with some people, that they don't, you don't ghost God. You ever call, I told my kids, if I call, pick up. Because <laughs> if they call, I pick up. I don't care where I am, any meeting, I pick up now. But I called my, this couple of them, we have a business, and I told my, my, my company, I said, if I call, pick up. And here's what I said. If your mother calls, pick up. She owns half the business. Because <laughs> that's just mom. I'll get back to her. No, pick up. Because what if God calls, you need to pick up. Or if you call to him, hope he doesn't ghost you, go, yeah, call waiting, buddy. Or call her ID. I, I ain't going to answer. You need to pick up. You need to pick up. In a verse, Kings 3, 9, it says, Therefore, uh, give therefore a servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad, for who is able to judge between thy so great people? How we must, many times, first, we must have this understanding heart in our prayer instead of, God, pray for me, I'm being persecuted. 
I've been praying God about understanding lately and about understanding the brethren and understanding a lot of things because in all honesty, it's so easy to get uh, diverted in life about anything but understanding what God wants you to understand about other people. He made them. He knows them. And he made you and he really knows you. An understanding heart. It says, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them around thy neck. Write down upon the table of thine heart. So thou shalt find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Our understanding is flawed. It's wrong. It has bad decisions. We've got to be careful. God has understanding. And we speak out of ignorance. The lack of knowledge. The lack of information. I mean, about that silly trailer, I was ignorant. I knew that everything hooked up, but I was ignorant about the function of it. And a lot of times we look at things or go through life ignorant about a subject or a people. And in all honesty, if God has all understanding and all wisdom and created all things, then he understands and, and has wisdom about everything. But sometimes we just, I just don't want to know. Don't tell me, Lord, I just don't want to know. But we'll see the news, or if there's a horrible wreck on the freeway, we go, you see any blood? Oh, man, what are you doing? Everybody drives real slow just to see some gore. Let's, it's curious. Well, how about the curiosity of God and his understanding and, and what we can glean from that? A good, healthy fear will help. And it's funny how the understanding from God and the understanding from Google it's funny, they're spilled quite a bit of light. A lot of times we will go to Google instead of God. I am guilty as well as you are. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Just like that, you go to Google instead of God. Get the fast knowledge. Get the quick knowledge. But it says that I may be discerned between good and bad. How timely today to understand discernment between good and bad, Christianity has been under the devil's attack, using our families, our youth, our marriages, alcohol and drugs and fentanyl and things, killing people left and right. And he, and he sows the prince and power of the air. And he's, it, the families it's such, and Christianity, the family is such an attack. I'll say a few about this. I won't say much. That the family members these days, and, 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 and let me excuse myself, uh, if I call, I'm using this person's name as Uncle Eddie, because if your name's Eddie, I apologize. But everybody has this Uncle Eddie that has a family member that the son or daughter are confused whether they're son or daughter. And here's what he's doing. Because they're your family member and that person has a link to the family and wants you to feel sorry for Uncle Eddie's son or daughter because they're confused. No, that's, they're a reprobate mind. There's no confusion. You need to understand that's bad. That's evil. God made male and female. That's it. But the world and the devil and the flesh is, no, no, no. They want to change who they are because they're not happy with the way the Creator met him. I wish I was tall, handsome, and thin, but it didn't happen for me. <laughs> and they wear their clothes so nice, and they go, and they, <laughs> and they look so good. And I'm like, hey, how are you guys doing, man? <laughs> yeah, I wish I was different too, but I'm not. But you know, this thing is, is it's bad. And, and we've got to be careful that we don't put our Christianity or God on a shelf because it's bad. I told my kids, no tattoos, no piercings. That's it. And you, oh, you can't be gay. <laughs> That's a given. 
Those are three rules my kids had in life growing up. And if you tattoo it, I'm cutting it off. Yeah, and pierce it, I'm pulling it out. Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. It's the old-fashioned. That's what John Wayne wouldn't want to have it either. Sorry. You're a man. You do 50 push-ups. And my daughter, close the door. She's a total mess. Sometimes we need to jiggle our connection for humility. Really. I was humbled the other day. And I say this. My wife goes, you're not going to mention me in that message. I'm sorry, honey. You got two of them right here. I go, no, absolutely not. You're not in the message. She never is. But the other day, she came to me. I was going to do something. This is what I'm going to do. And I tell her everything we talk. And she came the other day. And she goes, you know, Kendall, I know you're going to do it. I just wish you wouldn't. And I thought about it. And she never asked. I said, well, I didn't do it. You're right. Sometimes we need to humble ourselves. Driving to church today. We were talking and, and about someone who used to go to church and we love dearly. And we've heard some bad things about them. You know what my wife said? I'm not going to believe it because I love that person. And you know what I thought? Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's true or not, that's between them and God, right? Why put yourself in the gutter? I love those people. I'm not going to think bad of them. And I said, I, I agree. Two wise things came out of her in 24 hours. Yeah. She's a keeper. So that jiggle that, that connection on humility, especially you guys. Oh, yeah, or men, yeah. Yeah, jiggle it. In 1 Kings 3.10, it says, and, and the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. It pleased him. So when's the last time? Because I understand prayer. I understand prayer lists, and I get it. I'm all about it. When's the last time you just said, God, I need wisdom and understanding for the brethren. God, that's what I need. And don't just say, okay, and please bless my Aunt Betty. And no, God, I need wisdom and understanding with the brethren. Because they come in all sizes, shapes, and forms. I mean, Titus used to text me every time I was preaching. <laughs> now he quit doing it. But they come in all shapes, sizes, and forms. And let's be honest, we all are different. And I understand why someone would not like me. Please don't tell me that, though. When's the last time... You cried out for understanding between good and bad. Oh, it's closing in, folks. It's closing. And the thing is, God said, you didn't have an excuse because you had my son's words in your hand. Oh, and in your heart. Write them on the table of my heart. You have these things. The world, the flesh, and the devil are desperately, and the prince and power of the air are trying to, whatever we hear or see or surround about us, our society, the devil wants us to be dullards for the Lord. He wants you to be a dullard. Anybody know what a dullard is? Please don't be a dullard for the Lord. You might be a dullard, but don't be a dullard for the Lord. And there's no reason to be a dullard for the Lord. But that's what the devil wants you to be. Just be a dullard for the Lord. Oh, yeah, yes, man. No. America is just as so much America for Christians as it is for the lost or those haters. He wants to take away your sharpness. He wants to take away your peculiarness. He wants to take away your confidence. He wants to take away your purpose. He does it to me. Calm down. Sit down. Uh, slow down. 
My wife said, don't be yelling up there. Calm down, sit down, slow down. Oh, just don't get too excited about things of God. Or don't get too excited about your time with God in the closet. Verse 311, it says, And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked thyself of long life, which we would, or that hast thyself of riches for thyself, which we would, nor asked thyself of life of our, life of our enemies, because back then enemies were real, which we would, but thou hast asked thyself of understanding and discernment. You know, we read that and we blow through that. But why? He put that story in there for us because we must ask ourselves do we pray and ask God for understanding? Do we pray and ask for under, be an understanding husband? I have been praying that. You know, and I'm not any, I'm not any good of a husband. I pray for being an understanding husband. Because if you think you understand your wife, you're wise. I'm not that wise. All women are different than guys. Lord, make me have under, be an understanding husband. Lord, help me be an understanding wife. Why is he messy, loud, and Neanderthal? Or why is he uh, looking out the window? Or, or why is he doing what he does? Lord, help me be, be an understanding father or mother. The father or mother is, is a tough job. And, and without God's understanding about that, Help me to understand a child. I mean, Danny, he's in here. He's always crashing in or breaking something, saying it's sorry. And Camilla, what is it, Camilla? No, Daphne is always dragging out messes everywhere and making projects of crafts. I'm going, I just can't take this anymore. I mean, there are crafts in my whole house. And Camilla and Daphne are running for hours. I start screaming at my wife. Goes, quit yelling at those grandkids. Well, they've been running for two hours. I, I, I'm done with the two-hour run job. No, we're done. And they get like, oh, Grandpa, mean. No, quit running. <laughs> Ten minutes later, they're running again. I'm thinking, yeah. Wife, oh, they're just being kids. No, they're running through my house. I can't take it no more. It's a concentration camp. I want out. Understanding, Lord. Oh, then there's dogs. <laughs> Every family should have a couple of stupid dogs tear up your house, dig up your yard, run through your house, get hair everywhere. What the heck? Yeah. Understanding. We're understanding a teenager. Voices changing, pimples are on their face, their body's growing, and they don't know where they belong in life. <laughs> They feel like Frankenstein. Understanding a teenager or understanding young adults or understanding an old person. Oh my goodness. We have so much to ask God. Lord, I, I, I need help. Because I'm approaching that old person thing. I'm not as old as Bob. <laughs> uh, Aldridge, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, but you lose your confidence. You lose your eyesight, you lose your hearing. You don't want to do anything anymore. All food tastes the same. Yeah, so if you're young, eat it up, enjoy it, bud, because it's going to become the, the doldrum someday. Oh, that's just a steak again. Yeah, that's lobster again, or that's shrimp again, or oh, you got some oatmeal? Hmm, sounds good to me, some oatmeal. <laughs> Put a little brown sugar and some raisins in there, love it. Kid, I hated it, but when you get older, it's amazing what things come. 
Amazing how you change understanding family members. And if you want to have a successful family, you have to ask God for understanding. You'll have daughter-in-laws and son-in-laws come into your life. And if you're not careful, you'll drive them away from you. Well, that's just the way I am. Yeah, your wife can't hardly bear you. No, understanding family members. God, you made them. They drive me nuts. What do I need to know? And it always comes down to humble yourself. Be a servant. Be kind. Have charity. Do good to those. And you go, that's not what I wanted to hear, Lord. He goes, well, do you want them to feel comfortable around you? Then don't be yourself. Think about that for a minute. Well, that's just the way God made you. I get it. I get it. Understanding church members. Listen, I've been coming to this church for 40 years, and I've had some really good friends here. And I've had some people who don't like me no more. But I'm telling you right now, learn to understand church members. Because you know who loses? Not only you lose, but they lose. Because you just got to say it, don't you? Or you just got to be nasty, don't you? Why? You're going to live with them forever. You better be careful. They'll be your neighbor in heaven. Get, God, God got it squared away. Only you might have a bigger mansion than yours. <laughs> so understand church members. Understand a co-worker. Or understand a boss. Do you know in your... Um, what time it is? You know in your... Um, Job. I think a job is probably the most efficient way to witness because you're working with someone and they see you and they work around you and they like how you do things. One of my bosses said, um, how come you and Casey are always happy and we work real hard, we beat everybody, we're faster than everybody? Because we're saved. We know the Lord. He goes, he just couldn't get that through his head. We had a good time working together because we're saved. That witnessing power you have on your job for co-workers and boss, understanding it, they are lost. But man, that understanding, don't get all bent out of shape on them. And then, understanding lost people. Man, they're lost. They don't understand. And so were you once, if you were a first-generation Christian. You were lost. And someone had kindness with you and, and said and explained and was nice to you. Understanding the lost because they don't understand. And make sure in all this that I just talked about, self-righteousness does not exist. Sometimes you need to jiggle the thought, your thought uh, toward your, to the Lord, your th- thoughts towards the Lord. Turning the book to Proverbs 1.5. Your book to Proverbs 1.5, please. I'd sure like to get done with this. <clears throat> Whenever I'm having a tough time in life, I try to read a proverb of an hour. Why? Because I think Proverbs is an outstanding book about simplicity and real things. Proverbs 1.5, it says, A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding shall obtain wise counsel. If I would have never called Tony, I would have made a big deal out of nothing, probably ruined my trip or delayed it. Sometimes you just got to say, I need to talk to you. A guy today, right, goes, bro, I need to talk to you. I said, well, come talk to me. 
Pastors don't have all the questions or answers, but you sure can come to and pray, well, I don't want to bother you. What do you think we're there for? Or find somebody you can talk to. You need to jiggle your connection. Understand someone can help you out of a time, a lot of trouble, humility. And in Proverbs 1, 7, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but good health, a, healthy, a good healthy fear of God will bring you to this understanding. You know, one thing I think about the world today and as Christians, we don't fear God because you're going to meet him. He made you. And honestly, I don't know how you think about the judgment seat of Christ, but I'm not going to go to the judgment seat of Christ and say, here's my list of cool things I did for you. I'm going to be on my face and knees scared to death because I know the things I haven't done for him. I know I could have been a better Christian. I know I could have done those things where I said, no, I ain't doing it, Lord. A good, healthy fear of the Lord will like you, God. I need your understanding and wisdom. I need your discernment of good and bad, Lord. I need to be connected to you. I know I'm connected. I'm acting connected. I come to church. I'm a Sunday school teacher. I'm a deacon. I'm a pastor. But my connection is not, needs to be reconnected because it's connected in mechanicalism only. We take the personal out of it. And I understand we all get into that realm of just here we are, here we are, we're here. But you got to be careful. God wants to slap you side and say, yay, here I am. And have that personal connection with him. Let's be honest. He knows everything and he's willing to share it. I will say this. I had a big meeting with my guys in the office the other day. And I spent about 1% of my life over there at my office. You know why? Because all my guys do a really good job. They are good employees. They do a good job. If there's a problem, they call me. And, and that's fine. But they don't usually call me. But here's what is different over there. If someone ever wants to talk to me, here's his number. <laughs> He's not above talking to you. Here's his number. You want to talk to him? He'd love to talk to you. Sometimes we get caught up in our Christian service and our work which is a good thing, folks. But that's what we do. <laughs> we sort of leave him out of the scenario. But fools despise wisdom instruction. Um, let it not be said that we're one of these guys. Turn into uh, Proverbs one twenty two. Proverbs one twenty two says this: How long, ye simple ones, ye will love simplicity? And the scorners shall delight in their scorning, and the fools hate knowledge. I'm going to tell you right now, don't be one of these three stooges, and that's what they are. Fool, scorner, and simplicity. Don't be those guys. Be the wise who enjoys knowledge, who likes understanding. Be careful mediocrity. As I said, Tony can fix anything. He's good at his craft, and so should we be. Understanding comes with many forms. Understanding can be complicated yet simple. The Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God to give the men a bravely, a brighteth not, and shall be given to him. Wisdom breeds understanding, and God is the true source of understanding. Just recently, we went snorkeling, went in the ocean. Um, not one of my favorite. I like it, but I, I shouldn't be in the ocean. There's no two ways about it. Um, but you know what you are in the ocean? You fish bait. That's exactly what you are. Everything's bigger, meaner, sharper, tougher than you. 
The coral reef can hurt you. I mean, the sand can hurt you. The little fish can hurt you. There's a, one time there was an eel. One time there was a turtle. A, a, a mantis. All these crazy things uh, can eat you. You are fish bait in an ocean. And you better go with someone that knows where you're being. One time we were in Tertula and we were taking these boats around. All the family was there again. And all the boys jumped off the big cliffs and they were really these fancy things. Oh, like six people and they're right by the shore and they jumped off. Well, when the guide goes, and it was Casey and Tanner in there, the guy goes, man, there's a shark. Well, they weren't so tough then, were they? <laughs> Boom, they're in the boat. He was joking. There's a shark, man. They're in the boat, man. Oh, they're not going to lift that shark up. That was pretty funny. Had to be there. But to someone knows which, it's like we were there and we were snorkeling on this reef. It's gorgeous. And they said, well, right over there, the, the tide won't take you. If you want to go, you can look at it. Well, you could go there and it was a reef, but it dropped off 300 feet. And it was blue and it was gorgeous. And there's the younger guys out there swimming in it. I thought, didn't they see Nemo? <laughs> Don't they understand the reef and the dark and the, the shark? And I, me and my wife were over there, ooh, and we were swimming looking at it, and I'd seen all these tuna go way down there. I thought, pretty cool. If there's tuna, there's other things. And they're out there swimming like, you know, they own the ocean. And uh, I go, let's get out of here. And I started yelling at him, and the photographer lady goes, man, I wouldn't want him for a dad. Well, I can just see, eating a couple of my sons, and, you know, pretty horror, ruined the trip, you know. And we had dinner that night, and bad deal. And <laughs> we don't belong out there. I've seen the cartoon. I know what happens. <laughs> but I will say this. Some things in the world, without the Lord, you are fish bait. Out in the, out in the world, without God, you are fish bait. You ever go somewhere and realize, yeah, I shouldn't be here. This is not good. You got the Holy Spirit saying, hey, get out of there. <laughs> you need to yield to that. Women have a very good sense of that. God's put that in women for a reason. That's why it's important to ask God and understanding wisdom to protect us from those around us. And it says in verse 29, back to Kings, I'll just read it for your sake. And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding exceedingly much, and largeness of heart, and sands of the sea, and wisdom and understanding. And Solomon was wise and excellent in wisdom of the children of the east of the country and wisdom of all Egypt, for he was wiser than any man. That's because he asked for it. You know, it would be horrible to get to heaven. Do I got time for that story? Yeah, I do. It'd be horrible to get to heaven. And you go, well, Lord, you know, this was going on. Well, you know, I was going to do this for you, but you, you're a dullard. <laughs> You never asked for wisdom and understanding. You just wanted to do it your own way, filled with your own devices and your own things. Well, I thought that's the way it was. Well, I was just waiting to bless you, but you, you really didn't ask for it. Every Christian today should say, God, give me understanding for my marriage. Give me understanding for my children. Give me understanding for the brethren. Give me understanding for my pastor. Give me understanding for my church. Give me understanding for my coworkers. Give me understanding for the lost world out there, Lord. I need your understanding so I can be productive, fruitful, and do my job. We're gonna, I'm going to read you a story about a king who just did the opposite. And this is how the world goes. As I read this story. Daniel. If you want to turn your Bibles to Daniel, go right ahead. Chapter 4. I'm going to read you a quick story. We'll be done. This is another king who did it opposite. 
Yeah, we know about Solomon's issues, but he went into it correctly. He asked God to help him, and God did. God blessed. God took care of him. God gave him all that he needed and more. But when you look in Daniel, and you look at verse 4 and verse 28, I'm just going to read this story to you, prove my point. And it came upon King Nebuchadnezzar at the end of 12 months, Daniel 4, 28. And he walked in the palace, the place of the king, kingdom of Babylon. And the king spake and said, Is this not great Babylon that I have built for my house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was yet in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee is spoken. The kingdom is departed from thee, and thou shalt drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. And they shall make thee eat green grass, eat grass of the ox, and seven times shall pass over thee until thou knowest the Most High ruleth the kingdom of men, and giveth whosoever he will. That's why you ought to not worry about some of the world's issues, guys. God's got it under control. He, he knows about the war in Ukraine. He sees the murderous Russians. He knows what's going on. He knows what's going on. In the same hour, the king fulfilled, in the same hour, the thing was fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men and did eat grass as an ox. And his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hairs were like a golden uh, ground, like, like, were ground like eagles, feathers and nails like a bird claws. And at the end of the days, at the end of the days, after all this, Nebuchadnezzar lifted up mine eyes to heaven and my, here we go, Nebuchadnezzar lifted up mine eyes to heaven and my understanding returned unto me. See, he could have skipped that whole program. And I fear lest we get too comfortable in our lives because we are in the Laodicean age, rich increase in goods and needs of nothing. I fear lest we're not careful. The world is going to throw stuff in our heads and our brains that does not need to be there. And it says, And mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him that liveth forever in dominion and everlasting dominion, the kingdom of generation to generation. Look down to 37. And now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exult and honor the King of heaven. And all those works are true and the ways of judgment. And those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. You know, you can do it one or two ways in your life. You can go to the Creator and humble yourself and say, I'm but a child. I not need to know to come in or go out. And he was a king. Lord, I need your help. And I'm going to say to you, I don't know what problem you're facing today. I'm not, I have him too. God, instead of making it right or getting even or showing them, God, will you just give me understanding? It's just like this. The next time someone butchers your order at the place you dine, and they're horrible at their job, you know what? Their wife might have just left them, or their husband might have just left them. Their kids could have cancer, but they have to go to work to pay their bills. And just because they didn't operate and give you the best service that you think you need. I had that happen to me one time. Guy was crying. 
Uh, this ain't right. My wife says, Kendall, <laughs> got to do something. Okay, well, here comes the wallet. I gave him a substantial amount of money. And he's still there. And a year and a half later, he came, I've told you, he came to me and he said, you know, Kendall, we eat there a lot. He goes, I was having the worst day of my life. And you did that for me. See, Christians are put on the earth to bless. And you know what? What if you bless someone that doesn't deserve it? You're still honoring the king. You're still praising your savior. Because they know you're church people. You do know that. The church people. They know you're church people. And when you go and you face the world like that and you treat them with respect and dignity and you're kind to them, they go, wow, that church person sure understands. 25 years ago, I wouldn't have been able to listen to this message because I was too busy building my little kingdom. But it's amazing. The older you get, the more simplistic you get, but you get a little bit more smarter. And so... Moral of the story is if you don't know how to do something, ask somebody who does. Humble yourself. I'm serious. It's okay. Me and Tony are good friends to this day. He just knows a lot more about a lot of things than me. And he doesn't go, stupid, I knew you couldn't have fixed it. <laughs> Never says that to me. He says, Kendall, you probably should lose some weight. <laughs> just kidding. Every head bowed, every eye closed. As we think about this, guys, Keep thy heart with all diligence out of that of the issues of life. Examine me, O try my reins. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Today, you need to think about it for a minute. Do you need understanding? Could you just maybe jiggle that little connection between you and God? Say, God, you know, I've been running on I've been running on Kendall power. I've been running on Doty power. That has no power, that is no power. Sometimes I say, God, I just need to jiggle that handle. To make sure you're in my life. I needed to jiggle that handle for my marriage, my, my husband, my wife, my kids, my grandkids. Just don't underestimate God's understanding and discernment in our lives. He's the author of it, and he's the finisher of it. Dear Lord, we come to you today and we thank you, Father, for these stories in the Bible that tell us things about great men. Men are probably greater than us by far. And how you worked in their life and shown them things. And how you've uh, been there for all that are willing to ask. And Father, if there's anyone here that does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior, that's what they need first, admitting they're a sinner, trusting Jesus Christ to come into their lives. Father, that he rose from the dead. And Father, he's there to save them of their sins if they just ask. Thank you, Father, for the day that I accepted Christ as my Savior. I started understanding on a slow pace between judgment and understanding and discernment. Thank you for all the kindness of this book and the kindness of the Holy Spirit because, Lord, the Holy Spirit is so kind to us. He's so gentle. He never beats us up. He's just always there with that open hand or that heart or that hug or, or that direction or that rebuke. But even in the rebuke, Lord, that Holy Spirit does it in such a special way. So thank you for him. 
Thank you for all you've done. Thank you for this book and all that's possessed therein. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's stand up. Let's turn to 679. 679, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to pass. 